Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my week number eight tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things and break down every single game from Thursday night all the way till Monday night football at the tight end position, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure they do leave a like on today's video video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week number eight tight end start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with Thursday night football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Buffalo Bills. Now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Cade Otten is a guy that we talk about basically every single week and it is kind of the same tune every single week. Cade Otten had a solid game last week up against the Atlanta Falcons as a top 14 tight end. But, and this is a big but, shout out Kim Kardashian, on a different team without Godwin and Evans and Rashad White, these guys that get so many targets, Kadon would be a very reliable fantasy football asset. But since there are so many cooks in the kitchen in Tampa Bay, I just don't feel confident enough in starting Kadon again, despite the fact that I really think he's a pretty solid tight end at the NFL level. In terms of Dalton Kincaid, he is a definite start for me this week. Now, with Dawson Knox out, this puts Kincaid Kincaid in the perfect scenario to succeed. Kincaid was the tight end seven last week in PPR with eight receptions for 75 yards against the Patriots. Without Knox siphoning targets away, it is officially Dalton Kincaid season. Another thing that we've been talking about for a lot of this season, just like with Cade Otten, if he was on a different team, he'd probably be a lot better for fantasy. Dalton Kincaid was basically in a situation where Knox was going to eat into Kincaid's work and Kincaid was going to eat into Knox work enough to where neither of them could be trusted for fantasy. Now, any given game, one of them could have a solid game because of how good they are, but now with Dawson Knox out of the equation, Dalton Kincaid has been catapulted into an excellent scenario, and I get the Buffalo Bills have been pretty limp-dick over the last three games, but now in this situation, I think Dalton Kincaid is a certified smash up against the Buccaneers defense. Next up, we move to the Sunday slate, beginning with the LA Rams at the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Tyler Higby has fallen outside of the top 28 tight ends in three straight games. Ever since Cooper Cup has been back, Higby has been irrelevant. You should probably cut Tyler Higby at this point. To me, he is a clear sit. There are just not enough targets to go around for Tyler Higby. The only positive of Cup being there is really that they are able to more effectively move the ball into the red zone, but even in the red zone, it's not like Tyler Higby is this humongous target for Matthew Stafford now that Cooper Cup is back. So Higby for me is a definite sit. And again, he was the starting tight end on a couple of my teams last week. He is now on the waiver wire. Jake Ferguson to me is definitely a start. Two down games in a row prior to the bye. He is a big bodied player that is involved in the red zone, but the issue here is that in the red zone, they like to run a lot with the short king, Tony Pollard. Despite his recent woes 
I would be shocked if Ferguson didn't succeed up against the Rams defense. That is pretty bad if we're being honest against the tight end. Next up, we move to a matchup between the Cold Lock Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. In this one, I would be starting both tight ends. TJ Hawkinson got hurt in last week's game against the 49ers, but there has been really no reporting of it, so I assume he is going to be fine. Back-to-back games inside the top eight at the tight end position. He is a must-start tight end every week. He is clearly in the same tier of guys like Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey as one of the top three tight ends in the National Football League. I think Kelsey is very evidently the number one guy. And then there's a debate at number two between Hawkinson and Andrews. Personally, I lean with Andrews, but again, it is not like Andrews is way better than Hawkinson. It is very close. Luke Musgrave missed the second half of the game last week after a head-to-head collision with... Kareem Jackson and Kareem Jackson got ejected from that game assuming and sometimes making an assumption makes an ass out of you and me because I don't think it's a lock with how many guys have been missing multiple weeks with concussions that he will be back for sure this week. If you have Musgrave in your starting lineup this is something that you are going to want to monitor as we get closer and closer to Sunday. But again, assuming that he returns, he has been a reliable tight end weekly, so I would definitely start him up against a Vikings defense that looks slightly improved, but to be honest with you, I still don't think the Vikings have this prolific defense. Next up, we move to the Atlanta Falcons at the Tennessee Titans. Chig has had some decent games this season. And by some, I mean one. He had one decent game this season. He looked pretty hot, paused towards the end of last season, had some solid games, but... Now, there's not even going to be Tannehill. They're either going to play Will Levis or Malik Willis. It seems like they're leaning closer to going with Will Levis, their new draft pick. But there's also been reports from the head honcho himself, Vrabel, about how they might go with using both quarterbacks in the game. And that is just so much of a disaster that I don't trust a single fucking Titans player outside of Derrick Henry. For the Falcons, Kyle Pitts and Janu Smith are both starts. Kyle Pitts, this is a great matchup for him up against a piss-poor Titans pass defense. We have seen all season that there are quite high of highs with Pitts And there are some very low lows. But with how much more consistent he has been over the last three games, I would definitely fire him up again. This matchup is really good for both Pitts and Janu Smith. Janu Smith last week had his first down game since week one, really. Over the last couple of games, Janu Smith has been a very consistent player in your lineup, like wrapping a rubber around your squad. I wouldn't really worry too much, though, about that down game just due to how consistent that Janu Smith has been. And again, this feels like a bounce-back spot up against a not-so-hot Titans defense. And hopefully Ritter continues to make some improvements because Ritter definitely looked better last week than he did the week prior. The problem was he was just fumbling the ball left, right, and center. Next up, we move to the New Orleans Saints at the Indianapolis Colts. Now, I know it might feel gross. It might sound, it might send shivers down your spine like the spooky, scary skeleton song, but I am going to play Taysom Hill this week. This man has had top, he's been a top six tight end in back-to-back weeks. 
Recently, they have not just used Hill as like this pseudo goal line back or this guy they give the ball once they enter the red zone, they hand him it, and he tries to run into the end zone. They have started to actually use him like he's a real tight end. They have started to throw him a lot more passes and he also still gets the rushing opportunities but I think it's very important that he is catching passes last week up against the Jags on Thursday night football he had four receptions for 50 yards with five rushes for 18 yards and a touchdown even if it may feel fluky that Taysom Hill has been so good over the last two weeks we all know how volatile the tight end position is in fantasy football unless you're one of those big three tight ends that we previously discussed with Kelsey, Andrews, and Hawkinson, there are going to be some really shit games out of you. Higby was a guy that I thought would be pretty consistent this season. He's been the exact opposite. There's ups and downs for guys like Ferguson. So once you get outside of that range of tight ends that just feel like super reliable weekly, there's a lot of variance at the tight end position and again with how good Taysom Hill has been playing I don't think reasonably I could talk myself into sitting him so I'm going to fire him up up against the Colts defense this game has sneaky high scoring upside for the Indianapolis Colts Kylan Granson would be a sit Granson came out the gates of the season on fire NBA jam style with two solid games in a row and then He cooled off until he had a solid week six performance against the Jags. He missed last week with concussion, and ultimately, even if he does suit up in this game, I would stay away from him. Next up, we move to the New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. If you guys have enjoyed today's video thus far, hit that subscribe button down below, whether you are new to the channel or not, and you have to be new to the channel to do that, and hit that like button, whether you are new to the channel or not. I really appreciate it. If you turn on the notification bell, you'll get notified every single time I post. So Patriots at Dolphins. Durham Smythe is a solid blocker, but that's about it, right? I would be kind of perplexed if he saw five or more targets in any given spot. And on a good day, typically it's like three targets for him. So it's certainly not worth it to go ahead and play him. Hunter Henry, the Dolphins are not good. They are no bueno up against the tight end. But with more Mike Licky on Magasicki all being used, I just cannot start Hunter Henry. I get the Patriots offense was on fire last week, but I think they cooled down. They simmered down a bit against the Dolphins. Next up, we move to the New York Jumbo Jets at the New York Football Giants. The battle of New Jersey. Now, Darren Waller is going to be a start for me. He was the tight end two last week up against the Commanders with seven receptions for 97 yards, almost 100 yards and a touchdown, which was his best game on the season. Now, will it be Terod Taylor? Will it be Daniel Jones? I'm unsure, but based upon what we saw last week, I would be hard-pressed to feel like they would go with Daniel Jones. I expect Waller to cool down 100% against a strong Jets defense, But I don't think you can sit him due to how good of a tight end he is. I think he's one of the most talented tight ends in the NFL. It's just the situation kind of sucks donkey cock for Darren Waller. Tyler Conklin is going to be a sit for me. He's a pretty solid tight end. I'll give him a lot of credit. I think he passes all of the eye tests. But this is a good matchup for him. 
With that said, though, he he doesn't really get enough volume in this Jets offense to be truly reliable, especially when there are no teams on by. For instance, last week, the Jets were on by, but if the Jets played, you could have really talked yourself into starting Tyler Conklin because your other tight end might be on by and it's slim pickings out there. But when there are the full amount of 16 games on a week, I don't think Tyler Conklin's a guy to crack your lineup, especially with Zach Wilson under center. Next up, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Connor Hayward is in at tight end with Pat Fryermuth on the IR. Hayward, in my opinion, will be the lead tight end on this team in terms of targets. On a good day, the best day, he sees four targets. And I can't start a tight end that's getting four targets if his quarterback is small hands, Kenny Pickett. I just don't trust Kenny Pickett worth jack shit. For the Jags, Evan Ingram is a must-start tight end every single week. He's been a top eight or better tight end in five games on the year and was the tight end 12 last week in a Thursday night thriller like the Michael Jackson song against the Saints. He has yet to score a touchdown this season. And at this point, with how many targets and with how reliable he has been week in and week out, it feels like it is manifest destiny here for Evan Ingram to hit the fucking gritty in the end zone this week. And again, I really do feel like while Ingram isn't in the same tier as Hawkinson, Kelsey, and Andrews, just like guys like Goddard, who we're about to talk about, you can't really ever talk down Heavily on Evan Ingram. Next up, we move to the Philadelphia Eagles at the left. Hands up. Who are we? The Commanders. Dallas Goddard, for me, is a must-start every single week like I just alluded to. Huge game up against my Miami Dolphins as he absolutely spit-roasted this defense. Five receptions for 77 yards and a tug. He is another tight end that, again, feels very must-start every single week. Last time these two teams played earlier on in the season, we saw Dallas Goddard struggle a bit. But that was a point in the season where Goddard was not as involved in the offense. So I'll kind of just discount that game, you know, throw it over the shoulder. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't think about it too much, too much. Dallas Goddard is a guy that you need to have in your lineup every single week. It seems like Jalen Hurts is not on the injury report. He's going to be a good-to-go guy, and I think Dallas Goddard has the upside to be the tight end one this week up against a shit-tier commander's defense. Logan Thomas was the tight end 14 last week against the Giants after a very down game the week prior against the Falcons. He did fine last time out against the Eagles, but with how consistent he has been all season, and we've seen some pretty high highs out of Logan Thomas this season, I definitely think you want to start him here. Again, there's a lot of issues with Sam Howell. He doesn't have like that mental clock that other quarterbacks have, you know, where they count a couple of seconds in their head, and then if they don't get rid of the ball, they're like, okay, I need to run, I need to throw the ball out of bounds, or I am going to get sent to fucking Azkaban by getting rocked, sent to Middle Earth. But instead, he doesn't have that mental clock. He's standing there, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, five Mississippi, six Mississippi, 20 Mississippi. And then even when the offensive line, again, I don't think they have a great offensive line, but we even when the offensive line is putting up a wall in front of him, he's just standing there, thinks he has all fucking day like he's playing Madden on rookie mode, and then he just gets rocked. 
And it sucks, but hey, Logan Thomas is still going to be somewhat decent this week. Definitely start worthy. Next up, we got the Houston Texans at the Carolina Panthers. Hayden Hurst started off the season against the Atlanta Falcons, and it had me thinking that this motherfucker was the next Rob Gronkowski or something. He scored Bryce Young's first ever NFL touchdown, but after that, he has done absolutely fucking nothing. So Hayden Hurst is definitely a sit. Dalton Schultz started off the season like the opposite of Schultz, right? It's like, oh my, or the opposite of Hayden Hurst, right? Schultz is coming out there at snail's pace. It's like, oh. Nick talked about Dalton Schultz all offseason as a guy that you want to draft. A lot of upside with C.J. Stroud. And Schultz in the past has been good in Dallas, right? It was all added up to be like rookie quarterback. They love those tight ends. Who doesn't love a nice tight end? But man, things weren't working out well. I was like, fuck, Nick's an idiot. He was wrong. Now, again, when you're talking about a guy that's drafted as late as Dalton Schultz, you can't really even, like, you can be wrong, but you can't ever, like, I was never, like, getting down on myself because I got Dalton Schultz wrong. Like, if I got a player wrong in the first round, I'd be like, oh, now I'm an idiot. But Dalton Schultz has been a top six tight end in three straight weeks prior to the bye with a touchdown in all three of those games. I love this spot against the Panthers, so keep firing him up with confidence until he gets a little cold. Next up, we move to the Cleveland Browns at the Seattle Seahawks. Most likely, we're going to see P.J. Walker, XFL legend, Panthers legend, going up against Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. But before we break down this game at the tight end position, as well as the rest of the games on the week number eight slate, it's crazy, that's already week eight, I would like to give you guys a quick word from our friends and our sponsor over at Manscaped. We are brought to you guys today by Manscaped, who have taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it has ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new Handyman is the best way to get rid of the stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code NOTORIOUS for 20% off plus free shipping. And for my wolfmen with a little more scruff, Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit has everything you need to tame your mane. Get 20% off and a free shipping with the code NOTORIOUS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code NOTORIOUS for a look as sweet as candy. Get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. Back on into things. David Njoku is a start for me. It seems like without Watson, Njoku is just like prancing around, just having a great fucking time. Tight end 11 last week against Indy. I would fire him up with more confidence than ever since Deshaun Watson isn't playing. Noah Fant, I say this every week, so I apologize if I sound like a broken record here, but with how many other tight ends that the Seahawks use, it is just impossible to start Fant. Like, Fant's gonna have a big game soon enough because he is that good of a tight end. But Pete Carroll is just cycling tight ends in and out every single week. You might see, and like Jake Bobo's out there, so... Noah Fant is just a guy that's been basically cucked into irrelevancy with the Seahawks offense. Next up, we move to the Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. Now, Travis Kelsey has had back-to-back weeks as the tight end one. 
Hey, Tay Swizzle. Taylor Swift won't be at this game, though. And on the season, Kelsey has been worse without her there. Now, with that said, he is still the best tight end in the NFL. And I think he puts up another tight end one performance this week, just like he did against Denver a couple of weeks ago. So Travis Kelsey, there isn't much to say about him, right? I don't need to give him the gawk gawk 9,000 special because we all know just how great Travis Kelsey is. Adam Troutman for the Broncos. Russell Wilson just does not throw the ball to the tight end. And Troutman just really isn't any good. So there's really no need to even waste my breath. No need to even really talk about him. So Adam Troutman's a sit. Obviously, you got to play Travis Kelsey. Next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Trey McBride with Ertz out. It is Trey McBride season. With that said, though, he now faces a defense that looked like world beaters. They made the Detroit Lions offense look like a fucking JV football team. Jared Goff was seeing ghosts like his name was Sam Darnold. So for this game, I would sit McBride down on the bench. I think once Kyler Murray, the short king, comes back, that we're going to have to start really hyping up Trey McBride. But for right now, with Josh Dobbs against... A Ravens defense that, again, is on top of the world, eh? I would definitely sit McBride, but I do hope he plays well because I think this guy's going to be a hot, hot, hot waiver wire pickup very soon. Marky Mark Andrews, to me, like I talked about earlier, is the second best tight end in the National Football League. He was the tight end three last week after dominating 50 Shades of Grey style up against the Lions defense with not one, but two touchdowns. This week, up against a bottom-of-the-barrel putrid Cardinals defense, I expect him to go hard in the motherfucking paint here up against that Cardinals defense. Next up, we move to the Cincinnati Bengals at the San Francisco 49ers. Now, it is important to note that Brock Purdy is now in the concussion protocol, which might explain why he shit the bed against the Vikings last week. Now, today is Tuesday. He entered on Tuesday. This game is on Sunday, not on Monday. So, I would say that with how the NFL has at least seemingly, in my opinion, treated concussions this season... It feels like this is going to be a game where we see Mono Man Sam Darnold as the starting quarterback against the Bengals. Now, is it a 100% fact that that is the case? No, right? Again, I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins. I say this all the time. I'm just talking about how I feel things are going to go based upon all of the concussions we've had this season. There are guys missing multiple weeks and... Once you get put in that protocol, it's kind of hard to wiggle out of it. Again, there's probably like a 10% chance Brock Purdy plays on Sunday, but now you're going to be getting Kittle with Mono Man Sam under center. Last week was a rare mid-game for Kittle. And I say that because normally Kittle is just either on top of the world, one of the best tight ends in fantasy, dropping a deuce on the chest of the defense, a Cleveland steamer, or he falls outside of the top 32 at tight end and he sinks your team's battleship. But last week, he was just pretty average. He didn't have a huge game, but he also didn't have that down, 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 down game that we're kind of used to. And it's just very interesting to bring up because over the last couple of years, this has rarely 
ever happen. Now, even if Mono Man Sam Darnold is under center, I'm still firing up George Kittle because he's that fucking good. But we always have to understand entering into any given week that Kittle is the definition of boomer bust. Maybe he's turned another leaf and he's just going to be mid every week. That's fine too. But, uh, Kittle against the Bengals, I think he'll be fine, even with Sam Darnold. Irv Smith hasn't done anything this season. There is no need to even speak of him. Next up, we move to the Chicago, Chicago Bears at the Los Angeles Chargers on Cause you waited all day for Sunday night, Taysen Bajant at Justin Herbert the Pervert. Cole Komet, even with Tyson Bajent looking solid, Komet has taken a nosedive off the edge of the goddamn earth without Justin Fields. You simply can not start him when Justin Fields is not playing. The man didn't have a single target against the Raiders in a game where the Bears were doing the fucking Irish jig on the grave of the Raiders, so... I'm worried about Komet for now until Fields comes back. Gerald Everett has been Michael Jordan 96-97 back-to-back weeks inside the top 10 at the tight end position. He did it against two pretty all right defenses. I think he can do it again here against a poor Bears defense. You are relying heavily on a touchdown due to how few targets he gets. But it is certainly possible that he scores for a third straight week against a pretty bad Bears defense. So I think he's good enough to start him. But again, it doesn't feel great to throw Everett into your roster. Next up, your starting roster. Next up, we move to the final game here. The Las Vegas Raiders at the Detroit Lions. Sam Laporta, despite being a rookie, is a must-start tight end every single week. Even though the Lions got absolutely butt-fucked by the Ravens in Baltimore last week, Laporta still finished in a decent way as a top 10 tight end. Definitely more confident in this matchup, though, up against the Raiders. And I think this Detroit Lions team as a whole, sure, they got beaten, they got battered, they got shellacked in Baltimore. Goff looked like a chicken with his head cut off behind the offensive line, but I feel like this is a clear bounce-back spot, a layup of sorts. Chris Bosh to LeBron James, you know, that type of a uh, an assist here. There's a great spot for Laporta against the Raiders. Michael Mayer is very, very close to being a start, right? So if Luke Musgrave doesn't play, then Michael Mayer would be a guy making the cut, right? You can argue for Mayer over Everett. You could argue for Mayer over... Logan Thomas, right? You definitely could. Mayer is close to being a start, like I said, especially because Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to be back. I think the Lions' defense, though, is much stronger than what we saw last week in a very limp dick effort. So I would leave Mayer on the bench because of the defense, but again, he is very close to being a start, and it wouldn't surprise me if he finished as, like, the tight end 12 this week, if we're being completely honest. And that's why I try to be in these videos. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying, make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. Whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY if you'd like access to my weekly rankings as well as an answer to any of the questions you guys may have. Make sure you check out the Patreon link in the video description for $7.50 a month. So without further... Now, without further ado, this isn't the end of the video, or the beginning of the video. This is the end of the video. 
So make sure if you enjoyed, you check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them. Love you guys. Have a great one. As always, good boy.